Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Hi guys, on today's episode, I have my cousin, Danny Perkins. Now, although Danny is my cousin and I absolutely adore her and her mom, my Aunt June, the reason I wanted to bring her on this podcast is so that you can learn a little bit about her art. Danny is extremely gifted as an artist. She has a wide variety and range as far as things that she's interested in. But really, what I love about her is her ability to be creative in so many different parts of her life. So, I really hope you enjoy this conversation as we dive into what it really means to be a creative what it means to be an artist, and where do we go from there? Hope you enjoy. Hi, Danny. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm Danny Perkins, so I am your cousin, of Uh course, and um, I live in upstate New York, Right outside of Ithaca, New York, which is most well known for having multiple colleges, including Cornell University. Yes. Um, and we've lived here for about five years. I have two children, a uh, 12-year-old daughter and a now nine-year-old boy. Are they really and, that old? Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Yes. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is. I know. I'm still adjusting. I realize next year one will be a teenager and the other will be in double digits the oh, same year. My goodness. So that's a lot. I just can't even. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So sorry, I totally interrupted you. So you have your kiddos. No, no. I, yeah, I don't know what else, if there's any other. Yeah. Well, we can kind of things, get into but... some things. Um, so I'm glad that you yeah. mentioned um, us being related. And that is mm-hmm. a portion um, of what we are going to discuss today. And then we really want to yeah. talk about, of course, your um, your art and your creativity as well. Because that is a, a huge portion Great. of, you know, you as a person. But yeah. Um, so one thing that might, you know, I interviewed my dad. Um, it's back episode four, if anyone mm-hmm. wants to listen to it, Jerry Blaise. And yeah. when I was talking with him, I had realized like before I interviewed him that on um, that side of the family, there are so many similarities. And um, it just really is interesting, especially among cousins, you know, four out of the five cousins mm-hmm. are business owners, um, you know, for everyone's, you know, highly motivated, has big goals, hardworking travels, yeah. move states when needed, uh, or when mm-hmm. beneficial. And so I just find it so interesting that there's a lot of um, similarities there. And it's almost like there's just like a sense of determination and adaptability. And so I thought it might be fun to kind of discuss why that may be because you're obviously you aren't um, biased and neither is our cousin Leah so it's and I'm not by my my siblings either so it's not like we're super close and connected Mm -hmm. you know as far as that goes so what do you what do you think about all that yeah I think um and I know I'm a little of the older you're on the younger end of the the five cousins and I'm toward the older end so we probably remember a lot of the same things but maybe also some difference you know differences based on age um I think that a big part of it is that in my childhood I just don't remember adults ever acting like work was something that they didn't want to do um that we were just really raised around a very action-oriented people 
Oh yeah, that's a good and, way to word it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really reflected on that a lot in my work, um, or especially like when I've gotten married and the other person says, "Why don't you ever sit down, right, <laughs> or right. relax, right?" Like by trying to explain that, um, you know, when I was growing up, all of the adults around us just did. They were they didn't just sit around and ponder things. Right. They got up and actually did them, um, and that they really just loved being productive and contributing. And I think we still see that with our parents, right? The, right. And our aunts and uncles. Um, but that whole cliche of, oh, it's a Monday. I have to go to work, bummer. Or thank goodness I'm home from work at the end of the day. Now I can just like sit in front of the TV and, right. you know, being glad that that's over is something that I never saw an adult yes. do, right? Everyone was like happy to be doing stuff right? and uh, contributing to their communities. And I think we see that a lot now that our parents and aunts and uncles are just out there doing stuff and they do it with like joy and conviction. Yes. And, um, and I think that that was, it was hard to be raised by that and then not want to contribute yourself. Right. Um, but I also know, and I'm guessing this goes for, I can't speak for any, any other cousins but myself, uh-huh. but I do know that, uh, I've moved across the country a couple of times. I've lived on every edge of it, actually, except for oh, the Gulf Coast I'll be done. at this point. Yeah. I know. Which someone pointed out to me a couple of years ago. It's like, oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And so my mother has always said, you know, she'd rather might be far away, but have opportunities um, right. and be doing the best that I could be doing than might be living right next door. Right. right. Like if that wasn't what was right for me. And I think she would have loved that too. Right. right. She would have been fine either way. But I've never felt guilt about it um, or fear from being farther away. And I think that it's just that having that support. Right. Um, there. Yeah. No, that's super insightful. Um you know, I hadn't actually thought about some of the things that you said, but that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like so ingrained in us. Again, I can only speak for myself, but mm-hmm. so so ingrained in us to like really um, almost like I consider it like problem solving. Like there's an issue. We're going to mm-hmm. solve it. Let's figure out how to do it. Let's move. So kind of like you said, yeah. like that action, um, which is is potentially different than how other people may have been raised. And so I think that just is something that maybe we carry throughout life. Um, Yeah. And I was actually talking to my dad. I'm like, how far back do you think that like goes? And did you, I didn't know this, maybe you knew this, but apparently um, our grandpa Boyce, his, his parents like either owned or operated a couple different orchards. I didn't realize that. Did you? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. No. Yeah. Dad wasn't like real clear on the details. He's like, we need to look into this more, but he remembered that portion of things. And then of course our grandpa and grandma had the orchard and the farming and all of that. Um, but yeah. it's just really interesting to see like how far back some of that actually mm-hmm. goes just like that drive. Yeah. Cause you have to have a lot of drive and determination and, you know, wanting yes. to, to like you said, better the community even in a lot of things, and um, mm-hmm. in order to do that, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we see our aunt, uh, Aunt Norma, uh-huh. right, worked um, hard and uh-huh. did all sorts of things and was involved in the community. But she's retired now, and I don't think does any less work. Yep. Than when she was working, um, she's just so involved in the community, right? And so I don't think you know. I just can't picture her just sitting. No, no. And watching daytime television right. or something. So Right. Uh, yeah. Well, even like with my dad, he talks about how like he'll never fully retire. 
because that's just mm-hmm. not something that's like in his like DNA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he'll always do something. Yeah. Um, but what he's hopeful for is that, you know, as things continue on, he'll be able to back off and just do like the jobs that he um, really, yes. you know, is really super invested in or wants to learn more about mm-hmm. or, you know, to be able to expand in some ways. And so um, I don't think that anyone in our family will just ever completely stop working. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, so I was thinking about um, some funny stories from when we were little, and I, I yeah. won't share, you know, I won't share too many that um, are like embarrassing or anything like that. But one of the ones that is like so vivid in my mind, um, and and we can we can edit this out if you're not okay with sharing this. Oh but. no, I'm just curious what it is. I'm like, I wonder if I remember this. Yeah, I remember Grandpa Boyce <laughs> yelling at you. And you getting so mad. This may not have been the exact same day, but you getting so mad that you chucked a book in his direction. And I remember being little, like, oh, she's going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, he wasn't like, I mean, you didn't, you know what I mean? But I don't think the the verbal response. But I mean, there was like, you know, obviously no violence or anything like that. But I was like, oh, that was a bad choice. Even being that little. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if it was that day or a different day that we decided to make sandwiches and run away. Do you oh, remember that? This does kind of ring a bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are like the two yeah. most vivid, and I'm not sure why, but I feel like they maybe even happened on the same day. Like we got mad at him then for whatever, you yeah. know, scolding he probably gave both of us. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and then took off. So, but it was kind of fun. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind in general? It doesn't have to, you know, involve me, but from our childhood that just really cracks you up. Yeah. Um, well, when I think about our grandparents, like the, the stories that I always say, like from when I was a little kid, um, uh-huh. and being there that, uh, I mean, definitely it was, it was back when you did spank kids pretty yep. regularly. Uh-huh. And my mom always says I was famous for once I got really mouthy when we were in the vegetable garden and I got spanked with turnip tops, which was really unique. Uh, yes. Because like, right. Like <laughs> that, that I was like most unique you know, spanking. Right, right. So I, I was like, I don't know why I couldn't just keep my mouth shut. Well, uh, that- but for some reason, <laughs> I just didn't have it in me. Well, you know what, though? I you always know? think that like those things that are really hard to parent as we're kids, right? Like they end up being really beneficial. So like as a child, yeah. it's hard sometimes for parents or grandparents or whoever when um, we aren't able to maybe keep some of those thoughts to ourselves. But as yeah. an adult, that often means we're better, better able to advocate for ourselves and others and yeah. to share our thoughts so it's actually a strength that you had it's just a matter of like how to parent that and navigate that you know until yes. we get older so and maybe redirecting it at times. Right. I've, I've actually been in work meetings where i brought along um like really dry snacks like popcorn and goldfish crackers uh-huh. so that if i was afraid i was going to say something i shouldn't i would just stuff a bunch in my mouth and oh my gosh then i, I wouldn't be able to talk for a minute so oh, I found you coping yes. strategies. No, absolutely. But I do think, again, though, just that firm foundation of really feeling comfortable enough to share our thoughts and feelings um, is, is really yeah. important. And and I think that that's really beneficial, actually, that you have that. So if you have to eat some darn goldfish every now and again to stop yeah. yourself, I think that's pretty good. So. You know, no issues there. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about like how old were you when you discovered like your creativity and your artistic abilities? Yeah. Um, well, my mother, I'm sure you remember this yes. too, uh, was always taking photos. Mm-hmm. She loved photography and she always volunteered with like local arts councils, which meant that I spent a lot of hours as a child 
like sitting under the table making friendship bracelets at oh. these local arts council uh-huh. meetings, right? Uh, because my mother was like a single parent, she just had to take me with her yep. everywhere. So if she wanted to go take photos, then I went and took photos with her, right? Like yep. if she wanted to go to an arts council meeting, there I was. Right. Um, and so I think that it just always felt nat- natural oh, that yeah. way. And so I always did things like learned how to make balloon animals, tried to learn beading, uh-huh. um, just different, all of those like things that kids can just learn, like weaving right. um, from books and that's never really quit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. You know, can we talk about how beautiful Aunt June's, your mom's pictures are? Like, oh, literally, yeah. she is so talented. Like, yeah. They I, are beautiful. They just really are. There's one that she took of um, Andy, my brother, and grandpa. And I think they were, if I remember right, they, were they like feeding a cow or a sheep or something i don't yeah. know what it was and it was yeah. just so beautiful and such a nice um mm-hmm. really reflection of that time that time frame and so yeah yeah so i think you come from that talent very honestly <laughs> so <laughs> i think that's great so what would you say is like your favorite type of art out of everything that you've that may be a big question out of everything that you've tried or that you've seen or yeah um well i was very privileged that i was able to go to art school um, which meant not having to like do it on the side while right. I picked a different major, but just being able to try out a lot of different art forms. Um, so I was able to, you know, just do, I guess, all of them, like pottery and uh, photography uh-huh. and try everything out. The one that has stuck with me uh, in clear until today is painting. Uh-huh. Um, and I love to watercolor paint. Uh-huh. I think I hear a lot from other people right who like to paint that that say oh but watercolor painting is so challenging Uh like why would you have chosen that you know that one um that can just be a little hard to control sure right because water isn't as you know easily manipulated um I always explain that actually for me it was laziness because there's no (laughs) setup and cleanup like with oil painting I love your honesty it's true you can throw it in a bag you could take it with you places you could leave it out for hours if you if the phone rings, right? Right. Um, and so I just like the, I was willing to develop more um, technical skill sure. than to have to do all the cleanup all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's my favorite that I still do. But I think that one thing that I've sort of struggled with in terms of creativity is separating this idea of fine art from more crafts. Um, oh. And, you know, I... I can't quite think of the words at the moment. Um, But this idea that things like quilting, knitting, Mm -hmm. um, you know, those more home focused Uh artworks, um, that those are crafts and then painting and sculpture and photography are fine art. Mm -hmm. And I, I struggle with that because I also am very drawn to knitting. I knit a lot. I love Mm -hmm. to teach people how to knit. Um, I follow a lot of fiber artists online Uh and, you know, I know a lot of quilters and I struggle a little bit with those not being art forms Mm -hmm. because I just think that they are, they're, you know, creative and they're making things. Um, And so I've always struggled with that terminology. Are you an artist? Are you a maker? Uh Like what is the, 
you know, the thing there because watercolor I love, but I also really love these other things. Right. Oh, yeah, that makes so that makes so much sense. You know, I was actually I'm just speaking with um, Catherine. She'll be on the podcast as well. And um, we were talking about how like sometimes people don't always think that they're creative. You know, like if you ask someone, are you creative? And someone will say no. But then you start talking to them and you find out about all of these skills that they have. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, you're really creative. Because for me, if you would have asked me like five years ago if I was creative, I absolutely would have said no. But now that I think about it, my creativity is in different ways. It's in this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's in problem solving. It's in my work that I do with clients, you know. And so it's not like that traditional view Mm -hmm. of creativity. Um, But I still think that that can be its own art form as well. Maybe it's just not like as tangible, I guess, as like a painting, of course. But yeah. so no, so I think that makes a lot of sense because I think really, I don't know, what's your perspective? Like anything you really put your creativity and effort into is I would consider to be like an art form, wouldn't you say? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I often feel like I share a lot of experiences with and really identify with people who are writers mm-hmm. and musicians or do theater. Absolutely. And I am awful at all of those things. <laughs> and so... Uh, I can't do them, but I feel like I understand a lot of the same sort of ebb and flow right. of creativity and how it impacts your life. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think even someone who keeps a diary every day, yes. I'm like, oh, so you write, yes. you know, and exactly. I think people don't necessarily see that as being a creative art. Right. Maybe we should just say like creatives as a whole. Do you know what I mean? And that would just like encompass everything. Um, That's really funny that you say that about like the music and plays and stuff. I I had all I've my whole entire life always wished that I would be able to sing or play Mm -hmm. an instrument. I faked the clarinet for like three or four years and then I just quit because I literally could not play Yes, I'm yeah. not even kidding. Um, if anyone from like junior high band is listening to this, they're going to be like, yep, she's <laughs> right. Because I could not play a note. Mm-hmm. And that just it wasn't a strength yeah. of mine, you know. Yeah. But other people in our family are very musically talented. Yes, so I think that's where some of that came from. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, I think it's just a matter of figuring out what works for you, really. Mm-hmm. So could you tell me, like, in those – do you ever have moments where you're just, like, not really feeling creative? Like, how do you find that creativity? Um, I, I I tend to feel creative in bursts, like, of different types of creativity. So okay. I've learned to just go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that I struggle with not feeling creative uh-huh. so much as which way and what I can get done changes every day. Um, oh, okay. For example, uh, you know, I could go weeks without being able to think of a single idea of uh-huh. something to write about or something to paint. And then I'll just have a day where I'm brainstorming them and it comes so easily. Uh-huh. And so I'll realize like, oh, this is a day I should probably just be goal setting and brainstorming and writing stuff down because I just have like 30 new ideas. Right. But if maybe I plan to paint that day, well, maybe I won't. And I have to be a little adaptable right. because I could go weeks without being able to think of any other new topics. Um, right. Or if I feel like painting, like if I wake up and I'm like, oh, you know what would be great would be painting, then I know I ought to just do it because I the next morning it could totally just feel like a chore. Sure. And sure. another thing to check off my list. And then some days it's really joyful and fun. Yeah. So I feel like almost every day I'm able to do something, but you know, some days I'm just in a more analytical mood and some days I'm 
you know, things are just coming to me easily. And so I just have to ride the wave of right. whatever yeah. comes to me whenever possible. It's not always possible. Sometimes you have to pay your taxes. Right. But, <laughs> right. And you just have to. Like, right. I get that. Yeah. Um, but if, if I can be flexible with it, it helps a lot. It, you know, it really sounds like it's like trusting yourself in that process. Like, where mm-hmm. do I need to go today? And I'm so glad that you said that um, because I do struggle with that at times. Like, I feel like, well, I need to write this or I need to yeah. do this. And maybe that's just not something that I really feel up to that day. And so it's nice that you're able to, yeah. you know, really just, um, in a sense, be connected with yourself and see or hear, you know, what you really need to do that day. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. Well, my work turns out so much better if I'm in the right mindset right. for it, right? So if I try to force writing something or force painting something when I'm just not in the mood, um, it'll take twice as much time and often not be as good sure. of a outcome as yeah. if I just wait, do what I feel like I need to do, and then eventually it'll come to me. Right. Have you always been able to do that? Or is that something you've like fine-tuned over time? Oh, I'm sure it's something that I've had to fine tune over time. I think it's also just a a sort of lifestyle ability that, you know, you get to, I think that when you're, say, you're in college, um, you don't always have that option. Sometimes an assignment is due. Right. And it's due and you just have to do it. And I really admire people who, who also can, you know, power through and just really conjure that up from somewhere. But I think uh, it's something that whenever I'm able to do, I've been able to. And at this point, just being able to have my own business, my own projects and determine that has given me a lot of um, ability to make those calls. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly, you know, it's one of those things that evolves over time, depending on your situation. Sure. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, I know we've briefly talked about this before, but I wonder if you can give your thoughts on like um, the view of giving yourself the room to be creative as well, because sometimes schedules are just really frantic. (laughs) So like, how do you navigate that portion of things, making sure that you're giving yourself the adequate time? Yeah, I, um, I just remember when I was in art school, all of the professors said, oh, don't stop painting when you leave. Don't stop or you'll just lose it. You'll lose all your momentum. And as soon as I graduated, I stopped. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing most creative things, except I will say I uh, really, that's when I really threw myself into knitting and cooking mm-hmm. um, and working on a lot of those, like what people would call hobbies. Uh-huh. Uh, Because I just needed a break from it after a really intense (laughs) four years. Uh, And I'm glad that I took that break because when I wanted to later, it really came naturally to me. And I really wanted to. I didn't feel burned out Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, But it, you know, it's a struggle, like having small children and figuring out how to do that. I didn't do as much when my kids were little. I think that I really turned to like Pinterest for how do I do things with small children, right? That um, still makes me feel like creative and excited or decorating my house, right? Those were outlets for me then. Um, But I certainly have like this past year in order to be able to fit in time to do freelance work. I have woken up at 5 Uh a.m. There have been times I've stayed up until midnight. Having to having a really supportive partner helps a lot yes. because if they take um, the kids, if my husband takes the kids to the park for like two hours, 
then I just have to make a choice and sacrifice something. Am I going to spend those two hours painting because I really want to and just accept that I'll be up late doing laundry or just won't do laundry and won't have any clean clothes to wear and just having to make that choice and let something go. That's Mm -hmm. what I have to tell myself a lot of times is, well, something needs to give. So what am I okay with? Can the house just be a mess so I can get this over with or is that stressing me out? And I, you know, I need to make a different choice. Right. Um, but I do think that a lot of times you have to sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether that's family time, whether that's sleep, right. uh, you know, it, I think depends on the person. But um, it's been just been important enough to me. I think, right, there's that expression that if you want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Yes. And so that's what I tell myself. If I find myself putting something off and right. not able to fit it in, then I have to ask myself, do I really want to do that? Right. And if I don't, then maybe I need to reevaluate right. my to-do list. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Can I ask you, if you do find that something maybe isn't like maybe you planned originally to do a project or a painting or whatever that may be and you just get into it and you're like this just isn't something Uh that I feel super committed doing like how do you kind of distance yourself or decide to take that off your plate yeah that it is hard I have just had to do that recently Uh um well in general right now I'm in a just transition period where I left the career I'd been doing for like 11 years. Uh Um, I ended two weeks ago and um, have been doing one part-time job and then just got hired as a library director. Uh And I'm just starting that. And so I have had to just really think about, am I okay doing a lot of stuff very badly or do I need to drop some things and try to do a couple things pretty well? And um, that's been a hard choice. I've had to put freelance stuff on hold until April 1st. Uh I just gave myself a sabbatical, uh, which was really hard because I had done all of this like goal setting and um, had all of this, this whole Google calendar full of projects I really wanted to do, but just had to recognize that when, so sometimes a great opportunity comes and you have to take it. Yes. You just have to be adaptable. Right. So there were definitely some things I was, you know, in the right in the midst of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually taking a step back has made me look at the list of projects that I did have planned and realize that there are a couple that I just am not that excited about. Uh-huh. And a couple that I'm really excited about. And I, you know, it's difficult. And I but I think I'm just gonna have to scrap a couple right. of them because I'm not going to be as motivated to to complete them. And so I probably won't go ahead and throw them all out like right. initial sketches. I'll put them somewhere yep. right to the side and see if someday that kind of comes back. Right. Um, and if it doesn't, then maybe I'll do that Marie Kondo method. And yeah. <laughs> that's really popular <laughs> no, right kidding. now. Yes. Yes. It won't spark joy. joy and I'll, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll let it go. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a really valid point though. <laughs> you know, I think for me personally, like I have this like finish, finish mentality, if that makes sense. Like if I start yeah. it, I have to finish it. Yeah. And maybe that's just something that's just been Maybe it's like a family culture thing. I'm not real sure. Mm-hmm. I'll have to think more on that. But um, I think sometimes that can be problematic because I also believe that it's okay to say, you know, I tried this and it didn't really work great for me yeah. or I just didn't feel like I really like vibed with that or whatever mm-hmm. the reason may be. And it's okay to step back from that. But sometimes that's really hard. So Yeah. yeah. It is. It's really hard. And I am a, definitely a finisher too. I um, 
a lot of people who knit have like five projects going at once. Oh, but that is not me. I get one and I finish it no matter how painful it is or how long it takes yeah. before I buy the supplies for the next. Uh-huh. Because I just, I mean, maybe I have two going. If there's a giant blanket, then I want sure. like a small pair of socks I could take with me. Yeah. But, you know, I just really like to see things out. Um, and so it is, That's that can be a really great quality uh-huh. that it, you can be like dedicated and committed and have follow through. But it can also be detrimental for me. Right. I've realized because I can get so bogged down trying to finish something that's not going well. Right. But I really don't always play on my strengths. Yep. No, absolutely. Well, I'm so glad we had this conversation. You just gave me so much clarity about (laughs) some things I've been wondering about. So that's, yeah, that's super helpful. So thank you for that. You know, so can we talk a little bit about, um, you know, your business that you have, Danielle and Co. um, And just, you know, there's so many different parts to it. It seems like you have the painting, the Etsy shop blog, you know, um, amazing resources to help others find their content. Like, can you just kind of summarize what you're doing with that um, and which part of that is maybe like most you're most passionate about? Yeah, Um, it I gave myself I would say two years to start doing freelance work and just let myself go ahead and try out a bunch of different stuff and Uh make mistakes and change course and just let it be okay. But it wasn't something that was like super lucrative or successful uh, right off the bat because Uh I know that I just need to test some stuff out that that's in my personality. And so um, I have done a lot of that. So I feel like my style has changed every six months, sure, probably sure. in some of the stuff uh-huh. I've worked on before I, I've settled into a little bit more of a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, one of the things that I struggle with sometimes is I see these amazing artists. Like I follow some of them on Instagram who just do one thing uh-huh. like really well. And like they just paint leaves and yep. they just paint leaves every single day and they're amazing and really successful at it. Uh-huh. And so I always think, like, why can't I just paint leaves? Sure. <laughs> why do I feel sure. like I have to do, like, 10,000 other things? But at a certain point, I realized that in order for me to feel balanced and energetic right. and exciting, I have to be able to change things up, sure. like, on a daily basis. And so I would say that um, I, while I love to paint, and I want to say that that's my favorite part of it because it feels like the right. Uh-huh. thing to say. Sure, sure. In actuality, I really love the design aspects oh, uh-huh. of um, after I paint something, being able to edit it digitally and create other things out of it, like seamless patterns or getting to see it on something. Yes. Um, like on fabric is just really exciting. And I think it's that transformation yeah. part of it that you could take something and turn it into something else right. that I really enjoy. But what works well for me with that style is that there are days that I'm happy to just sit and edit photos all day uh-huh. um, or to be in Photoshop. And then there are days that I just want to be up and moving or painting. And so doing multiple things allows me to have sort of the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah. That makes yeah. So much sense. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering, do you do like all the shipping and all of like that portion of things? Because you, I mean, you have several different things. You know, I've seen like the mugs and the yeah. scarves and, um, you know, all sorts of things. So do you actually like ship that all yourself or? I don't, which was a hard decision to make uh-huh. because I am one sort of control freak about my sure. own stuff. Sure, and then, yeah. right. Also, I'm just a doer. Like I like to DIY stuff. Yeah. Um, there's almost no home project I would ever hire someone for. I'm like, yep. our kitchen sink is broke. I will learn plumbing. Yeah. Um, yep. Like I, love I just that. really like to do that. 
But I realized at a certain point, would I rather spend my time painting and designing and thinking of ideas or would I rather spend it uh, being angry at like that my printer broke, right? Um, And refilling the cartridges and realized that that just wasn't going to work. And so I work with a print shop Uh that is wonderful. It's called Printed Mint. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and it is a woman-owned company. It's a small business oh, awesome. and um, in, in the United States, and they're really great. And so I pri- primarily work with them uh-huh. to fulfill things. And so they are able to do just much higher quality printing mm-hmm. and materials than what I'm able, sure. I would be able to do at home anyway. And so it certainly isn't a way to, say, make a lot of money, sure. right? <laughs> like yep. You probably make more DIYing it. But I get to do the parts that I enjoy. I get to support that business as yeah. a partner. Um, and so for me, that has worked out really well. Um, there's also a small one, a business in Canada that I've used for uh-huh. in Quebec for a few things. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's hard to let go of those things sometimes. But, um, you know, sometimes getting help right. like from someone who has a different skill set is great. And they're great at what they do. And then I get to do what I want to do and it really works out. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, that time portion of things, because we truly only do have so many hours in the day. Yeah. And I mean, we as adults get to choose for the most part how we spend that mm-hmm. time. And it's a matter of if that is the way that you want to do it. And if you have, mm-hmm. what I always think is so great too is um, there's an author that I really enjoy and her name's Jen Hatmaker. And she always talks about how like your nose, so like you saying no to like, I don't want to ship this, is somebody else, give somebody else the opportunity to say yes. Yeah. Who has that particular set of skills and potentially could do a way better. Not that you wouldn't do a good job, but you know what I mean? Like could do a better <laughs> yeah. job at that. Yeah. Like that's what, their, that's what their job is. That's what they're fit for. And so that sometimes I think that's that's actually really comforting to know that like mm-hmm. by giving yourself that grace and being like, I can, I absolutely could do this, but is that how I want to spend my time? I think is really powerful. Yeah, no, I love that about it. Giving someone else an opportunity. And I do, I have to tell myself that it's a partnership. It's yes. not that I'm being, you know, lazy, no, um, no, but no, no. you know, I tell myself this is a partnership and they love what they do and I love what I do. But I also had to do a lot of research to find someone I felt good about. Right. Um, because I don't want to do just a lot of work and want to, you know, have things out in the world for other people and it not be what it feels like good quality or where anyone has a bad experience. And so I tried out six or seven places before I found one that I just really felt were, you know, uh, I could, our values aligned. Yep. So I think that that's really important when finding, um, partnerships too. Absolutely. That, that makes so much sense. And I would agree with that. You know, um, I would say if this is helpful for you or anybody listening, that certainly like even with the podcast process of things, um, you know, I have Joe that helps with producing and he does the editing and um, helps with different portions of that and the website and different things because that's just like not my jam. Um, he's teaching yeah. me, but I'm just like a little slow on the intake when it comes to mm-hmm. like some of that. But like that's a strength of his. And so he's able to help with that. I have Andrew who helps with the transcripts. Um, I have so many friends that are like, hey, this person's really great you should interview them or have you heard about this person and so it's really a community effort in a lot of ways yeah and I think that a lot of times you don't feel quite as isolated then because mm-hmm. otherwise in jobs like both of us have I mean you could feel very isolated truly yeah yep so no it's, it is oh sorry oh no go ahead. Go. no no 
I was just going to say that I think that it's nice to um, be able to have some contacts like that. And even, you know, you can learn from the other people as well. Like maybe they have some ideas or suggestions or, you know, ways to improve or just different ways to do things. And so that's why I think it's really great too. Yeah, it's wonderful to have people to be able to talk with about things because um, I am surrounded by a lot of amazing creative people, but it's hard to sometimes run an idea past them if they don't understand that particular art form or how things work um and so or why you make certain decisions right and so it does help just when you can have connections and that's where the internet is great there are a lot of really negative parts uh of being on social media but for me instagram in particular has been a place where i felt like There's this strong sense of community. I can ask people questions. Um, People give me feedback. And it can stay really positive. But these are also people who are doing the same things I love to do and working through the same problems, which can really uh, feel good when everyone else around me is like, I don't understand. Yes. You know, like what what the issue is. Right. Yeah. No, that's super beneficial. I would agree with that. Sometimes even like my, I'll talk about something with a podcast or something and my, with my husband and he'll want me to like explain things like step by step by step. And as sweet and as kind and as supportive as that is, sometimes you, you just don't need to like go back through all of that because it's just too much yeah. for somebody um, if they don't know the whole background story and just, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to waste people's time either, you know? And yeah. so being able to find people that are like, you know, like-minded or in the same um, type of field is really beneficial. And I love like on Instagram, the hashtag feature where you can like yes. put hashtag and search like whatever it is you want to know and find other people that are talking mm-hmm. about that. That's super beneficial, I think. Yeah, I love that you can follow hashtags yes. now yes. as well because I definitely have followed some and met and, met and um, been able to see the work of some amazing people that I definitely never would have overlapped with otherwise. Right, right. Can I ask what are some of, if you can, not to put you on the spot, but if you can think of some of the, um, like your favorite hashtags to follow? Yeah, you would think a lot of them would be about painting, uh-huh. but actually – I love to follow things that are similar and yet not the same as sure. what I do because I hate the idea that I could accidentally steal someone else's idea or be overly influenced. Um, oh, sure. And so, and I don't want to compare myself all yeah. the time. And so I don't actually follow a lot of other uh, painters because I find that I just spend the whole time thinking, oh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, or, sure. Or, oh, I wish I were that good. Um, or I'll think of an idea later and I'll realize, oh, no, I totally saw someone mm-hmm. do something similar. And so I follow a lot of people who do embroidery, who uh-huh. do, like, wool felting. So there's oh, um, cool. some great, like, hashtag fiber art, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. Um, hashtags to follow a lot of ceramic, like a ceramicist, is that a word? Ceram potters? There you go. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. But... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. But yep. that, I yep. follow a lot of that. And there are some people who do like really creative yep. things, right? Not your, your run of the mill right. um, bowls and mugs. And I think that it allows me to see their methods for sharing work. Like what types of photos are they taking? How are they yeah. talking about their work? Um, how are they coming up with ideas? So more of, I can be inspired by their concepts, but because our work isn't similar, I'm not actually comparing it because I would never be able to do that fiber art. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, because it's just not my thing. Sure. So yeah. that's a really valid point though, being able to be like inspired, um, but not 
have to worry about, you know, like one thought popping in your mind and then realizing later, oh, no, I've spent all this time on mm-hmm. it. And now I realize this is actually someone else's yeah, <laughs> initial exactly. idea. And so I love that you're being really aware of that, too, because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, even there's a lot of um, – you know, speakers that I follow, I really enjoy like, you know, personal development and um, all of that. And, and sometimes there that even gets a little bit, um, gets a little bit challenging because people will share ideas that they've heard, but not always give people mm-hmm. credit. And like sometimes yeah. on here, like I'll mention something I heard and I will just literally say, I'm not a hundred percent sure like where I heard this. If this was you, yeah. certainly I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> um, but I think it's just important to be aware of that because we do want to honor like everybody's um, work, you know, as much as we can. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it is hard because I think it's human nature right? Um, to see things and be inspired by them. And I think that that is a lot of giving credit. Yes. Um, from when you're inspired, when you know, I think the hard part is that a lot of things just kind of come in fats. Right. And pe- everyone's doing it. And so I have some people be upset, you know, oh, I painted these, um, I'm trying to think of an example, um, sloths, right? Yep. Like, well, there was a time period that sloths were really in. And so right. someone will say, oh, I think this person stole my idea, but, but I'll, I'll remember seeing 20 people right. paint something similar to that. Right. And so, you know, sometimes it just happens. Everybody is going to paint elephants sometimes right. or stars. But I also think that it can help if you're sort of separating yourself from other people's work when you're doing brainstorming right. and those activities and to give yourself a little bit of a clear headspace. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, I make myself like listen to a true crime novel or yeah. something that's completely separate from what I normally try to like write and listen to yeah. and immerse myself with because it just makes me feel like I have a fresh yes. head. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I listen to uh, what's it called, Miss Peregrine's Home for the Peculiar Children. Oh yeah, so I love you too. I listen to the first and second, mm-hmm. and I I have not bought the third. I will when I because I, I listen to audiobooks. So when I buy it, like I listen to it, I just want to listen to it like my whole day. So I have to really be strategic yeah. <laughs> with only getting one every now and again. But I think that's really good to reset. And I did hear somebody say mm-hmm. once that like they create before they intake. I think I don't know. They probably had like yeah. a better way of saying it. Um, I'm sure there was like a catchy phrase, but essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah like not necessarily engaging yourself in all of this content from other people you know whether it is art or writing or music or whatever and just really creating yourself first and you know right in the morning or whenever and then opening yourself up to like outside influences at that point Mm -hmm. so i thought that was kind of no that's a great idea so yeah so can you share a little bit with us about, you know, like the work changes? You mentioned that a little bit um, earlier. Can you share about, you know, what's going on with that and um, why you decided to take that step? Yeah, I loved the people that I've worked with for the mm-hmm. last, um, well, five years and the people before that. So I've been in college administration since I finished grad school in 2007 mm-hmm. and um, at a couple different campuses. And while I absolutely love the people and I love the um, values that are in student affairs, mm-hmm. I was personally in a, in a great department, but uh, the actual work itself just felt like over time it wasn't giving me what I needed on a daily basis. Um, just wanting to be more active, be more creative, 
be more community minded. Mm -hmm. And so I had taken a little bit of a leap. Um, I mean, financially, and Uh I'm sure emotionally and otherwise, this past fall, uh, I was able to get a temporary job um, for a university reviewing admissions applications. Uh And so I decided to go ahead and use that as a sort of um, leaping point and went ahead and left my full-time college administration, Mm -hmm. administrative position, which uh, was a really hard decision because, you know, there's a lot of comfort and routine and a steady paycheck and uh, yeah, doing what you've been doing. But I, I felt like I just needed to step out of my comfort zone and make a bigger commitment Mm -hmm. to the lifestyle that I wanted to have um, and to just start living it Uh instead of thinking, well, in five years, in 10 years, I'm going to, you know, do something different. I I just decided I would figure it out. And then I was extraordinarily lucky Uh because uh, a position opened up for the director of library for our village uh, library in the town where my children go to school. Uh And I applied for that and actually started yesterday. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I thought that my days of balancing for a little bit, it was three jobs and it was two oh jobs goodness, yeah. but behind me. Now I have a couple months of doing two before things slow down. Uh-huh. So that's why I decided to just go ahead and give myself some space freelance wise, yes. which isn't to say that I'm not working on things. Right. Um, I'm trying to plan ahead and work ahead but I'm not putting any pressure on myself to complete anything or put anything out in the world before April. So that has been a big weight off my shoulders and made it feel less like a chore and less like I feel guilty and more exciting. Yeah. That that is now something that I can only do when I really feel inspired to, but I'm also really excited about my new role. And I feel like it was, uh, leap that Uh, I took and I feel very lucky that it worked out but I also think it would have worked out but that was um I had to take a big yep uh big jump yep yep absolutely you know I think it's so great is that when you take a a, essentially like a leap of faith like that and um just kind of go out into the unknown like I mean not that every day is like perfect and magical and everything but yeah a lot of times like that middle um area or um I don't really like to say the end result because I don't think it ever really ends but it yeah. really uh, is quite interesting how much happiness I think you can really find when you're really doing something that you love versus mm-hmm. doing something that just isn't isn't interesting necessarily or maybe not challenging for enough yeah. for you or whatever that may be so it's scary to take those leaps but I think a lot of times they really work out well Yeah, I think, uh, and people change over time, which can be hard because, you know, sometimes you choose a major at 18 and you really make a commitment um, that this is what you're going to do, or you begin to see your work as a really strong part of your identity. And that makes it a lot harder if over time you realize that something has changed, either your interests have changed or your skill set or the work that you do sometimes has evolved. And so um, I think that we don't give people enough space to be able to change their minds over time, that it's okay to decide, even if you did something for 20 years, you could say, well, I'm so glad that I did that. I'm thankful for that experience. That doesn't mean that I have to do it for another 20. Yes. Well, kind of like you said earlier, that getting comfortable 
you know <laughs> yeah this is kind of a, a really low-key way um, of relating this but i was telling someone that i have been drinking the same shake for like um a year this is not like a sales ad or anything but for a year and a half mm-hmm. and i just realized i don't really feel that great when i drink it and why have i been doing that like and not feeling yeah. really great well just because it was habit and it was comfortable but that doesn't mean i have to keep drinking it for like the rest of my life you know, and I think we get into those routines and it's hard to break those or really acknowledge like how that actually may be impacting you because you're so used to it. Yeah, exactly. I think that there's a lot of putting things off to mm-hmm. just thinking, you know, well, I'll, you know, be healthier or I'll do be more active or yep. start this new hobby as soon as there's another paycheck or right. it's summer or the weather is better or things slow down at work. Um, and sometimes that just means you, before you know it, it's been a week or a year or right. 10 years. And so just being able to take a step back and reevaluate yes. helps a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. And not letting the fact that yes, maybe having a next paycheck would be really nice and that would help, <laughs> but that doesn't actually have to be like the end result that you're waiting for in order to start whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Cause I think a lot of times we can actually start some things at a much earlier than we believe, if that makes sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's for scheduling reasons or just belief in ourselves or, or whatever that may be it. it yeah. If you actually just take that step, even little steps, I think it can help you get some traction. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I had actually started volunteering doing craft nights at our local library about a year and a half ago. And so every other Thursday night, I hosted a just bring, you know, the craft or art that you're working on. Um, And, you know, as a way to try to meet other people in the community and to feel like I was being involved. Uh, I'm an introvert. And so it's hard for me to just walk into a room full of people and insert myself. Yep. And so I feel like I have to have a role. Sure. Right. And like sure. in uh to be able to do that. And so for me, uh just going ahead and volunteering and contacting the librarian saying I want to do this was it just a way for me to feel like I had a an in with right. people. And small towns can be really difficult to get to know people in. Yes. And I don't know how much having hosted those plays into my having gotten the, this role now. Sure. Um, and I probably will never know. Right. But it does feel like at the time it didn't necessarily make sense when I had a full-time job and two kids and freelance work yep. to go do this volunteer thing in the community mm-hmm. also. Right. Um, it doesn't make a lot of like practical sense to have done that, but I just trusted my intuition at the time Right. that it just felt like what I needed to be doing. And I really enjoyed it. Yep. And uh, I think that it has led me into a new position now that I'm really excited about. Yeah. That's awesome. I would absolutely agree that our intuition, if we can just listen to that so often, is able to kind of navigate us, you know, through different Mm -hmm. situations. And so I love that you trusted your instinct on that. Um, Also, did you know that Melanie, for people listening, my sister, um, is a librarian now too? Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, My mother had told me. Yeah. Yeah. She loves that. Yeah. Well, and my mother had volunteered with friends at the library for a lot of years in her town. So um, I think that love of books, that also is generational because I remember our grandmother always having a romance novel in hand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I, I may not read romance novels myself, but right. I think that, you know, we come from a long line of people who love books. 
and learning and the community. I think libraries are a lot about community. Yes. So, yeah, there has to be something genetic there, though. Yeah, I, th- I think that you're right about that. I know for um, me, and, and I th- only throw this out in case there's somebody listening that's very similar um, to this, is that I have always wanted to really read a lot. But what I have learned is I just literally have no reading retention. And so that's why audiobooks Mm. work so well for me. But I'm still able to absorb and actually absorb that information in such Mm -hmm. a great way. So I think sometimes people get a little bit stuck in, well, if I'm not like actually reading the book, it doesn't count. But to me, it's more about like picking up that information. And and that's, I think, how – I personally um, work through that, if that makes sense. I'm like, I yeah. want to learn about all these different things. So bring on an audiobook. <laughs> you know, I think it's important to Absolutely. just realize that if somebody isn't big into reading, totally fine. That's certainly not what we're saying, you know, but just to be able to find oh, yeah. whatever way is beneficial for you. So, but great. well, exactly. can I ask you a few questions that I ask everybody? Yeah. All right. So That'd I've, be great. you know about Brene Brown, is that correct? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like we maybe have talked about her at some point. So, um, you know, she has the book, uh, Braving the Wilderness. And so it's really, this is a quick summary of it, but it's stepping out into the wilderness Mm -hmm. alone, you know, feeling really scared, but finding your, um, your way essentially along the journey and sometimes even finding other people out there. And so I'm wondering if you can tell us about a time in your life when you really felt like you were braving the wilderness. Yeah. Um, in general, I'm not someone who feels a lot of, um, fear or trepidation about taking things on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I could um, use some resources, but I feel pretty resourceful in terms of getting through situations. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely trust my instincts with that, where I feel like I'm really having to draw on just every ounce of courage that I have is often when I'm trying to do something with other groups of people uh-huh. or partner with people because I am someone who who's really comfortable working on my own uh-huh. and working independently um, and working in isolation. But I also know that that's not good for me. Yep. And so for me, actually, the biggest, the biggest, scariest things are putting myself out there Uh with other people. And I have to really work, work up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it pays off almost always in some way. If I don't actually succeed, then at least I learn a lesson. Right. Um, And so for me doing things like applying for a job or deciding that I'm going to volunteer with a group of people I've never met before or moving to a new place have been really scary things, mostly because I know that I could easily, you know, hide away (laughs) to myself um, and it would just be easier. And so that has been something where I've intentionally had to step out of my comfort zone, often for myself, but also for my family. I know it's good for my kids to have these community connections as well. Right. Absolutely. Do you I don't find know if that's the sort of thing here? Yeah, no, that's okay. that's perfect actually. Uh that's definitely what we're looking for. You know, I wonder do you find that um either of your kiddos, like are either of them introverted at all or I you know, we I would say have a 50-50 split. Oh, okay. There. Yeah. We joke that 
my daughter Haven is the social butterfly. Uh-huh. And um, no, we cannot go to the grocery store without her knowing 20 people. Uh-huh. I'll be trying to hide, right? <laughs> behind like sunglasses or something. And she is right out there just right. looking for people that oh she knows. God. I love that. Um, She's like a little adult. We went to an event this past weekend uh-huh. and I had really built myself up that morning. You know, I'm going to have to go run a network with people. I'm going to, you know, you have, have to, to you know, really walk up to people. And um, every time I turned around, Haven was chatting with some grown up about uh-huh. some book that she loves. And so it just comes naturally to her, which uh-huh. is great. Yeah. And uh, has meant that she's very comfortable being on athletic teams and, uh, you know, joining student council. But our son takes after me. Absolutely. Uh Uh, Not in appearance. He looks just like his father, but Uh he acts just like me. Uh And so we have had a lot of times um, where I realize I need to role model really good behavior for him. Uh, Because we've gone to parent-teacher conferences where they'll say, oh, Diallo's doing great, except that he really dislikes putting down what he's working on to come sing a group song. And I'll Uh think to myself, well, that seems reasonable. Why would you want to go sing a song with a group (laughs) when you could finish what you're working on? Like, I don't blame him. What's wrong with that, right? Right. Uh, And then, you know, his father will have to say, no, 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 he actually should be you know, flexible and going and participating sure. right, in group activities. And so uh, I have to really try to role model that for him. Yeah. But it helps that he has an older sister who it just um, comes naturally to. Right, right. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that you can identify that that's something that you um, need to role model. But I also yeah. love that you and your husband have such different perspectives. You're like, well, that's totally okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> right. In all honesty, since I cannot sing, I would not really enjoy that either. I would just kind of feel awkward and uncomfortable. So yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely understand that in a lot of ways. But <laughs> I suppose pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone is, is good. It's beneficial, but yeah. it's scary too. So Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So who would you say are your biggest encouragers in life? Uh, My mother, for sure, has always been my biggest encourager. Um, Right when I was growing up, it was just the two of us. Uh And so she had a huge influence on my life. That way we lived in a really rural area. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's always been my biggest influence. But she also is someone who isn't afraid to try new things herself and mm-hmm. go into scary situations. Um, and I know that she didn't enjoy driving when uh-huh. I was a kid, yep. but when I went to apply to colleges, she said, move anywhere. I will learn how to drive in a city. Uh-huh. I will right. I'll figure it out uh-huh. if you want to go there. And she did. I remember her driving a downtown Milwaukee and <laughs> right in the Which middle is really of scary. rush hour. I've been there before. Yeah, yeah. Right. It is very scary in the middle of rush hour because that's what she needed to do, right, yeah. to be supportive of me. And so she's always just been very encouraging. Um, when I, I've i done things like said, hey, I think I'm going to quit my job, uh-huh. <laughs> even though it's extremely steady paycheck and, you know, it's what I have a degree in. Uh-huh. She said, okay, yeah, well, I have quit jobs too. Like, yep. you know, and just really been very comforting, you know, that she knows that everything will turn out fine. Right. And I think knowing that someone else has that faith in me, Absolutely. Uh, as well helps that it's not just me being crazy right. uh, or reckless, but 
um, that I have someone else who agrees, right? Right, that things will turn out fine. Yeah. I've been lucky that my husband is very supportive. Otherwise, there is no way I would be able to like manage multiple jobs and right. still spend any time with with our kids. And so he's really encouraging. We don't have a lot of similar interests. Mm-hmm like overlap sure. in terms of hobbies. He's really athletic. I am 0% athletic. Uh, <laughs> Same. Things like that. Uh-huh. So yeah, we try to find, uh, you know, a couple things that we both appreciate together. Yep. But I think that it's um, one of the best things that you can do in a relationship is find a way to support something you don't know anything about, that you don't yes. understand, you don't enjoy yourself. But being able to just unequivocally support the other person mm-hmm. and trust that they know what they're doing and that it's a worthwhile effort. And right. so that's something that I think has been really important mm-hmm. in my relationship. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing both of those. Yeah. So, you know, I can't I can't speak. Um, I've have I met Dennis? I don't know that I have actually. I don't know. I don't feel like I have, but um, I can speak at least about about Aunt June. And quite honestly, I think um, even you know, as her niece, she's just always been very, very encouraging. And so yeah. I a hundred percent believe everything that you said because <laughs> I think even through people she just meets in daily life. You know, I haven't met one person that knows her that doesn't say, oh, I just love her. Like literally people uh-huh. just gravitate towards her, it seems like, you know. And so yeah. um, I think that's great that she's she's been so supportive of you. And literally yeah. driving in that traffic was awful. My dad was driving when, oh. when we were there and um, it was just terrible. And so I feel for her on that it aspect is. of things. But for like, a small city, it had big traffic. Yeah. But like what, like what a great just – you know, way to show your love for someone and your support for somebody mm-hmm. that I'm going to do something that's really scary and uncomfortable for me because I know that you need to do what you need to do for you. And that's yes. really cool. And I try to remember that when I'm having to do things like, um, you know, if my husband's out of town, he's getting his uh, doctorate right now and he has to travel a lot. And if I have to take kids to basketball games, I just make myself learn what the things mean. Yep. Like I don't understand the rules of basketball, but I need to be that mom who's yelling from the sidelines and right. I need to be really supportive and enthusiastic, but it's not anything that I would ever be interested in myself. Right. <laughs> and so I try to remember like my mother has done a lot of things that she would not have wanted to do uh-huh. to support me. And so the least I could do is learn all of the, the different soccer Right. rules and basketball rules oh bless, um, so bless your heart for that important. my goodness that is like my my own version of hell is like going to no, i actually <laughs> i would go watch like my nieces my son's obviously not old enough yet to watch but i would go watch my nieces play yeah. it was fun to watch them it's just not necessarily my jam either so i think that's great that yeah. you are putting yourself out there and well you know, doing i'll never things. learn football oh yeah that's oh, my, no. where i draw where i draw the line yep understandable absolutely understandable well Danny um real quick can you tell everyone where they can find you where they can follow what you're doing and I know you're taking a little bit of break from some of the freelance stuff but um you're still active though on um, social media and everything right so yeah yep absolutely yeah so my website is daniellenco.com and it's sort of a hub I feel like I try to connect to everything from there So that's where everyone can get to Etsy or um, Instagram. But on Instagram, I am um, at Danielle and Co. Paints. So, uh, yeah. So I I love Instagram. It's my absolute favorite. Yes. Uh, So that's that's where I 
get to know most people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just a few months ago, I started to be more active on there and I really enjoy it as mm-hmm. well. I think it's just so much easier to connect to people and, it is. you know, see a, a wider variety too um, of topics and lots of different things versus like Facebook that just feels more restrictive or even like Twitter is a little bit harder, I think, than yeah. Instagram. So. I think that's yeah, it has a community feel for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of wording it for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And it's been great. I feel like I am going to remember so much more stuff from my childhood now. Yeah. yeah you're so, like, gonna, it'll all come back to me. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're going to be sitting there and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or, yeah. I mean, I certainly, there's one last story and then I'll be done. But I was telling someone the other day, they were talking about cats and how some cats are really nice and some are really mean. And I don't know if you would remember this particular cat, but I remember you guys had one that sat on the back of one of your couches and would like reach its paw out and scratch you. Yes. And you had I to like do. shimmy against the wall to like stay away from it. absolutely that's always one of my stories that i tell when people talk about like you know things that their cats have done i'm like oh i believe it i believe oh yeah they're great i'm a cat person but yeah they you know yeah it's not always reciprocated no absolutely so well thank you so much you have a good rest of your day yeah thank you you too Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. A special thank you to our producer, Joe Burkett, and our assistant, Carrie, who both helped to make this podcast possible. See you next week for another episode.